Welcome to Steve's Cottage with Steve Horner. Steve Horner, a former radio talk show host, helps spotlight the source of today's social chaos while offering practical solutions to the problems negatively affecting you and your family. And now, here's Steve. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and if I don't see you until later, good night. Well, I've kind of adopted that opening, you know, from... uh from the Truman Show, because I'm speaking out to you here in in cyberspace, and so I don't know exactly when you're tuning in. It's not like the old days when I had the talk show hosts, and I had four hours, and now I'm cramming all this into five, 25 minutes. So that is a that is a bit of a challenge. And uh, but meanwhile, I ain't never had too much fun until now. No, this is a this is a fun little gig, and I'm able to uh, I'm able to get on here and. Uh, and introduce you to the uh, five or six books that I have uh, self-written at stevehornerbooks.com. And that will introduce you to probably some different ways of thinking about where the source lies in today's chaotic world. And now, I know, I was just visiting with Sean before the show that, you know, as we, as we mature, get a little older, uh, do we become uh, curmudgeons and think that the younger crowd is uh, r- running r- running loose like a wild uh, colt? Or um, is it real? Are the standards really collapsing? And I'm saying absolutely they are collapsing. We've got a, we've, we've got more crime, we've got more uh, drugs, we've got more single parenting. And that is where I think a huge part of it lies, and that is that is a little bit about why I have titled these shows "Who's Afraid of the Cunts?" Part One, "Who's Afraid of the Cunts?" Part Two, and and now because of a big story breaking in Las Vegas with the longtime ultra-liberal writer Jeff Gurman being stabbed to death on the driveway in his Las, at, at his Las Vegas home here just a couple of weeks ago by a fella I just heard today from Caitlin Newberg, an R.J. writer who wonders why I hate women, said he, he is an, an, an Hispanic, this Robert Tellis. And I said, well, that's news to me. That has not been reported. Well, that's going to be part three. I don't know if I'm going to get all to that today other than just kind of this little bit of a teaser, which I've just laid out for you. But, um, but that, that, that's a big story because he definitely should have been afraid of the cunts. Robert Tellis, he should have really recognized and been aware of the uh, propensity of the cunts to nail him. Because they nailed them. And that's not part of the Las Vegas Review-Journal story that you'll hear, but you'll hear it right here with Steve Horner on The Cottage. As I described to you last week, the uh, the word cunt is a bit ambiguous. C period, U period, N period, T period. It's an acronym with a lot of periods, but that's women for you with a lot of periods. Whereas I say we men, we have our exclamation marks. 
We can be table thumpers. And uh, that is the difference in the uh, gender wiring and makeup. And that's why I think we have so many problems today. And uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of ancient proof about that in just a moment. But you know, during life, we all have our eyes opened to situations through maybe a life-changing and altering phenomenon, an experience. A woman uh, comes back home from the doctor and tells her husband, darling, I've got breast cancer. Well, guess what? The world has changed for her and him, okay? A child dies in a car accident or drug overdose. The, The life changes. A person loses their job, a person loses their hand, a person loses their, their, uh, their, their legs in combat. Life changes. So I, as a somewhat of a scalawag type of uh, guy, re- being raised by my uh, lovely mom and dad in South Minneapolis with my uh, five equally, well, no, not equally rowdy, uh, fun, loving five brothers. And then we all had girlfriends and hot cars and so on and so forth. And, you know, you just, you, you just kind of accept things as they are. We respect women. You go out on a date, you pay your way, uh, you pay the woman's way and uh, you open the door for her and everything. And, 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 and all that was just fine. You see up until, uh, and, and even past the seventies when we had the, uh, Roe v. Wade type of thing and feminism was hot and it still is hot. And, I wish it would cool down a little bit because I think it uh, truly is a uh, hateful agenda. Hateful, mean-spirited, counterproductive uh, agenda. But my breast cancer and my loss of my legs and those types of metaphors came when I started my single parenting. I got a call from Joyce that day and st- said, Steve, we, we got the... Uh, Got the verdict. We got the verdict from the judge. You get the custody. I got. I, I came running home. I had just landed a job uh, as a promotions director for a large radio farm network in Minnesota. It was a really nice gig. So I came home. Uh, she was packing her stuff. Very angry. She was walking out the door, and I said, "Well, what am I supposed to do with the kids?" And she said, "That's your problem. You wanted them. Now you got them." So that was kind of the attitude I received, I felt, from throughout society. I felt it from my brothers and their wives. I felt it from the people at work who really didn't have any patience with me anymore. They wanted to settle my contract and kind of get rid of me because uh, they wanted me as a uh, hardworking man full-time, didn't want me tied to kids. So I, uh, I settled with them, got cash out of them, and, you know, I had one of the most beautiful summers of my life. Had a nice forest right behind me overlooking the Minnesota River. Had the kids. Everything was all fine. They were five and three, and we'd go to the park, and we'd have a great time and make picnics. And I'll tell you, it was just a ball, and I had enough money to enjoy it. Of course, I've, I've always been a guy with a low overhead, and uh, that is the key, I think, to uh, happiness. Not, not all the money in the world, but low overhead so you can enjoy your, uh, your spare time because I believe the more you have, the more you need, 
and then you're just chasing uh, your tail. So with that single parenting, and then I moved, moved back up to the Twin Cities. I had been down in Mankato, Minnesota. That's where the Farm Network uh, was headquartered. And uh, so then I moved up to the Twin Cities, closer to where my parents were, and, uh, and family, so the kids could have their uncles and aunts right there. And that, that really did uh, turn out uh, really quite well. And uh, so then with my uh, management skills, keeping the overhead down, making sure I'm not too wrapped up with, uh, with, uh, with bills, I started my own advertising agency. And uh, that gave me time to be home when the kids got home from school and I was helping them with their homework and so on and so forth. And by doing that, uh, that eliminated a lot of problems too, because then they were happy in school and they were successful. And so uh, the river just kept flowing on in a direction that it was supposed to, uh, that it was intended. With the uh, single parenting, then I got involved with the school board and the PTA and the uh, Dakota County Human Services Advisory Council. Some guy who had a ven- some commissioner who had a vendetta, <laughs> had a vendetta with the mayor. He nominated Steve Horner to be a member of this Human Services Advisory Council because he's a tough piece of steak. He said, and so truly I was, and I had had a big, uh, a, a couple of big issues that were newsworthy and people knew who I was. And uh, so when the feminists and the, uh, and, the, uh, and the Dolly sisters came into the uh, advisory council, always, always wanted money, always wanted money for the handouts. I was the thorn under the saddle blanket, and they knew that, and that's why this guy nominated me. But that was lots of fun. But, you know... Uh, uh, I, I thought uh, also dealing with my agency, affirmative action worked against me in bids. When I wanted to work with the uh, government or the county or something, a woman would come along and she might be a well-to-do, uh, fancy, uh, fancy pants woman, but she would get, uh, you know, 10 points out of the shoot on a scale of 100 because she's a woman. But there I am. <laughs> hardworking man with two kids, but I'm the former infantry man with a purple heart. And I'm the guy with the 820 credit beacon score. But I still get penalized because I'm the man. And women come along and they say, well, you're treating us unfair. Well, that's why I call you a cunt. You can't understand normal thinking. So I think, uh, you know, it goes back to the 70s with the, uh, with the pro-abortion, the anti-male, like Gloria Steinem said. You know, a, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. <clears throat> so they were the pro-abortion feminists of the uh, early 70s, and it, and it just became, uh, in, in, and it grew like a wild, uh, wild weed. Mean and vindictive. I mean, what else would you call a woman like Nancy Pelosi beside a, a cunt? You know, if you called her a pig, that would do discredit to the pig. Or a skunk, that, that, that would be uh, not fair to the skunk. Or a weasel, that, that'd be d- d- unfair to the weasel. Now, this is a mean, arrogant, vindictive person. And over and over and over and over and time and time and time again, they're taking him to the cleaners, not, not to examine whether or not he's illegal, just to harass him. Because over and over, Trump has vindicated himself. And they're doing it just to be mean 
to make sure he doesn't run. And so they are traitors. If they were doing it because the guy was a weasel, and 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 he had been had had been found guilty on a number of counts, fine, slug it to him. But over and over, he's been vindicated, and they just keep coming because they truly are the traitors. And so then we have the women in power throughout the social services. What has that done? That has done nothing but increase crime. It has made people arrogant and, and, uh, and, and vindictive. You get the legisl- state legislators who are women. And, uh, and, and all they want is handouts for the, uh, for the minorities. So then that creates uh, an arrogant mentality on the, on the so-called minorities, and they feel like the world owes them a living. And then, and then ramping this up has caused like a $30 trillion debt. You know how much the United States debt was before Bill Clinton jumped in? Zero. After Clinton left, it was two trillion, and now it's at you know somewhere around thirty trillion. Well, what that does is devalue the dollar. Obviously, our dollar is still stronger than the rest of the slugs around the world, but that's not saying much. Pretty soon, it's all going to catch up to us, and uh, you know. And then they're wondering, well, I wonder why the inflation is going crazy. Well. I couldn't care less about that because if it's if it's 8.5 or 8.1 or whatever, you know, that just gives me an 8.1 uh, re- retirement uh, uh, boost in my pay. So once again, I've done good planning and I've uh, I, I've, I've kept my, my my head above water, low overhead. Remember, folks. And I'm talking to you guys because you are my primary demographic, 18 to 49. You're the ones who have been screwed over. If you've got some women out there listening to me right now and they say, "Uh, he hates women, just like that Caitlin Newberg in the Las Vegas Review Journal told me today. Steve, why do you hate women? (laughs) Well, that I is that to me is called verbal artillery. It's meant to put you in the corner and cower like a little sheep, you see. And I told Caitlin, I said, I'm used to that. I well, I didn't tell her I'm used to that. I'm telling myself, I'm used to that. I call it uh, verbal artillery. So I told her, I don't hate them all. <laughs> well, that shut her up. But I said, Why would you say that I hate half of God's human beings? I don't. That's like going to a NASCAR race and, 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 and saying you hate men simply because you don't like the loud noise and the, and, and the toxic fumes in the air. That's what I don't like about women in power. They've created these gender battles by saying the races, uh, you know, certain races have been treating on, treated unfair. By whom? By us white guys. Look at me. Partly bald. Older. Apparently, I, according to these slugs, have been born as an advantaged person, not equal as God has uh, promised all of us, but I've been given some kind of advantages, which I think is bunk. So it has created the, the race wars. When I talk to uh, women individual, w- women have become v- v- very bitter. 
When I talk to a lot of black guys, however, uh, they're still pretty cool about uh, certain things, and, uh, and, and, and I don't see a lot of racist among them. Of course, I'm talking to an upper-class black guy usually. You know, the slugs in the, uh, in, in, in the, uh, in, in the developments? Yeah, yeah, they're really ticked off these days because they've been told to be ticked off because certain people are privileged, and that's what, uh, that's what they feel that uh, they're entitled to. So I think all these uh, coddling uh, labels uh, creates an atmosphere of um, oppression and disadvantage. And, um, you know, that's why we have turned against each other. And I think that's the George Floyd mentality in, uh, in Minneapolis where I was raised. You know, I mean, here's a guy who's uh, a counterfeiter. He beats up on women. He steals. He's a felon over and over. The cops know him. Over and over and over. So you finally get the uh, dirt ball on the ground, and he's giving you the crap, I can't breathe. Oh, sure, George, shut up. We've got other officers coming. I can't breathe. Shut up, George. We've got the cops coming. Okay, fine. Well, did the uh, did, did, did Chavin, Charvin, the sergeant, mean to kill him? Hell no. Would you mean to do something that's going to cost you 20 years in prison? No, it was an accident. But you see, these guys are given uh, these uh, idiot laws that, um, uh, you know, passed by the legislators who are women and or pussy whip guys, and uh, they're caught in the line of fire. So they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. George goes out that day and shoots somebody. Well, then Chauvin's the rat because he didn't keep him pinned to the ground. So that, that's what has created it. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, folks, uh, I'm not the first one, you know, and definitely we're, gonna, we're, we're not going to have a lot of time here today because uh, I'm, I'm having too much fun just, uh, you know, trying to make sense of how this uh, spider web is uh, held together, you see, that has caused the chaos in your life in much of my, not, well, yes, it has caused chaos in my life. Because I don't like a lot of the rules and laws out there. I think they're destructive and counterproductive and short-sighted, mean-spirited. I think we get in trouble with a lot of people in, in, in other countries. And, um, um, and, and I think our families are collapsing. And uh, sure, so that, that, Im- that impacts all of us. And so I, I come back and I say, I think it's women in power, women in public policymaking. Can you stop the woman who's a doctor or the lawyer? No. Why would you? You know? I mean, you know, that's why we have uh, the Constitution, equal protection under the law. You know, you can't discriminate against people based on, based on their gender. I've been <laughs> discriminated by these cunts based on my gender. And that's a story that we'll get to uh, from, from time to time. And that's unfair. But, it, but that shoe only seems to be on one foot. And so when I come back and I say, wait a minute, I'm uh, like this uh, Caitlin Newberg at the Las Vegas Review Journal, you know, and she knows where I stand on this. I don't hate women. You're going to say that because nobody wants to be a misogynist, you say. When I first heard that back in the 80s, as the uh, woman at the Star Tribune in Minneapolis, I had to keep talking to her while I'm looking it up in the dictionary, you see. So... uh, so uh, they, have, they, they find these uh, words of uh, verbal artillery, and uh, so have I. You know, 
my perception of women in public policy goes way back several thousand years to the Bible. Now, I am not what you call a Bible thumper. I'm a Catholic. I have some issues with the Catholics, but I speak up about my issues, and they know this, because I think that's why God gave me this, uh, uh, th- this type of dis- discernment. So I'm able to ask questions, understand the situation, ask questions, and try to find solutions. So I do believe in the wisdom and the history of the Bible. If you look up Isaiah chapter 3, 12, and 5, you'll see that the prognostication back there, now you'll ask these people who are Bible thumpers, well, is this the word of God? Oh, yes. Oh, this is God. This is God speaking through the hearts and minds and soul of these writers. Okay, fine. So here's what God said in Isaiah 3. Women and children will eventually rule the world. Why is that? Look at how children run, run their mothers and fathers in their homes these days. I want this. I want this. I don't want to go to school today. I'm going to do this. You see them having tantrums all day long in the grocery stores. The teachers put up with it regularly. These little brats... And the women, well, they're all over the legislature now running the world in a fashion that women will, without pragmatism, which is cause and effect. You put oil in your car to keep it from freezing up so you can keep your car longer. You don't buy the car out of sentimentalism because it's red. But women do, because that's their sentimentalism. That's why they wanted the open border. They will say, oh, those poor things. Oh, let them in. Oh, oh, you you men, you you have such a hard heart. So then you go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, 8 to 15. Women are to be seen, not heard. They are not to be in charge of men. They are not to be in positions of public policymaking. You go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, 34 to 37, and you'll find the same thing. Over and over, the women should not be in positions of public policymaking. They are not wired for it. They are sentimentalists, not pragmatists. And you may have heard that first right here from the cottage with yours truly, Steve Horner. So I'm not the Bible thumper, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just here to say this is why we have crime up, families down, debt up school shootings all over the place, race and gender wars, education levels low, busted immigration policies. It's a much different society than what I was raised in in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. Much less crime, much more harmony at homes, much less gender and race wars, less debt. It has been the arrogance and vindictiveness of the cunts, the power grab by the cunts. It was all instituted probably back thanks to the 19th Amendment of 1920. You know, women weren't allowed to vote before then. You have to stop and think, why? (laughs) What was the conversation? 
And then in 1994, the current president, who was then Delaware Senator Joe Biden, he passed the good old Violence Against Women's Act. And now there's not a single kid in my audience right now who hasn't been hit with one of those arrogant, vindictive, female, hateful, styled uh, stalking uh, injunctions. And they're peaceful until you bust them. Then you're arrested. And that's why we're talking about cunts for right now with part one, part two, and part three. And we're going to hit that part three next week, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, I'm going to be on a sea cruise, <laughs> so I'm not going to be here for this one. But uh, coming up I'll, in, in a week or two, I'll be uh, popping out here and doing my third uh, program. So I'm saying who's afraid of the cunts? You should be. And we're going to talk about how Robert Tellis should have been with, with, with his uh, co- collapse there in Las Vegas. Well, thanks for joining me here at Steve's Cottage. And be sure you buy one of my self-authored books today at stevehornerbooks.com to get more detail about some of these hot social issues and how you can better understand them and protect yourself from the cunts. So until next time, stay on that rugged, less traveled path of life. And it's, you'll find it's a lot more fun provides better scenery, and offers richer rewards. So until then, this is Steve Horner from Steve's Cottage. Until next time, and until next time we visit, you take real good care of yourself. Thanks for joining us. Visit Steve's Cottage again with Steve Horner.